0: Support for this podcast comes from Staffing Futures. Nowadays, recruitment websites need to do more than just validate your business. Websites are your digital front door, where new clients and great talent should come knocking. Did you know that 80% of recruiters don't even measure the return on investment from their website? Your website should be embedded into your recruitment process, driving your team's productivity, business growth, and ROI. It's time to let technology do the hard work. So do you want your recruitment website to stand out from the crowd, generate new business leads, and placement revenue? If that's a yes, then talk to Staffing Future, the recruitment website and technology experts. Get a free recruitment website and technology stack review, as well as a summary of where your main competitor is ranking against you in the search engines. Visit www.staffingfuture.com rules. That's www. Staffingfuture.com slash rules. What great ideas are so close? within your grasp. Seeing other points of view, anticipating change, considering multiple possible turnouts, acknowledging uncertainty, searching for compromise. We're going to talk about how to get over those limiters of innovation so that you can extract better thinking from
1: yourself and your team. So let's talk about how to win the future. This is the Marketing Rules Podcast. Do you know the new rules of marketing? Here is your host, James Whitelock.
0: Hi everyone, and thanks for tuning in again. Hands up, who's heard of account-based marketing? Great if you have, but if you haven't, on this episode, I talk to Paul Rawson, an advocate of ABM, who's used this methodology for years and is now shouting about its virtues in the recruitment space. Okay, well, welcome to the uh, Marketing Rules podcast, everyone. Uh, Today, I've got Paul with me. Um, Paul, it's great to have you uh, on the podcast. Um, For people who don't don't know you or are aware of you, maybe you can just give everyone just a quick kind of update on what you're doing now and what your background is.
1: Yeah, yeah, thanks, James. Um, Thanks for having me on. Um, Yeah, so I uh, have worked in marketing for 20 years um, and the last 12 years of which I've worked in recruitment, specifically um, different types of recruitment companies. So I started my career uh, working in retail uh, and then worked for a number of different businesses, um, and then in 2008 I joined a business called Furcroft, mm-hmm. uh, which is a well-known uh, engineering recruitment company in the UK. With um, when I joined it, it was around about 35 different offices. Um, I think they're probably up to about 80 or 90 now. Uh, after Furcroft, I then uh, so I was there for about seven years, seven and a half years. I then went to a business called uh, CSG, which is a, a perm recruiter over mm-hmm. in Leeds. A couple of the years there working with the, the senior management team on rebranding that business and also bringing uh, seven different recruitment companies into, into one, uh, into that rebrand. Um, and then from there, I actually left there and, and started my own recruitment business uh, with two uh, ex-colleagues, um, helped them set it up as a, as a founding shareholder, did all of the marketing, all of the process, um, candidate generation, client generation from scratch um, as a startup. And then from there, I then left after about a year, uh, 18 months to go and work for Rulion, another uh, engineering uh, recruitment company, uh, purely based in the UK, no international there at Rulion. Uh, Spent about 18 months there covering maternity leave uh, uh, as as the marketing director. Mm -hmm. All four of those roles were all sort of operational boards. I sat on the operational boards of all four of those businesses. Um, And about six months ago, I went to work for a... Uh, private equity firm that uh, owns law firms so a little bit different uh, yep. but actually I've gone to work for um, uh, the ex-COO of Furcroft who's gone to, who, who is who now the CEO of this business as well so it's interesting I've swapped um, uh, recruiters for lawyers but
0: um... <laughs> I don't know which is I don't know which is better or worse to be honest I'm not sure I could say um... <laughs> no comment as a lawyer <laughs> um well, I thought I'd kind of get you on today that because you were recommended to me as the man who knows about account-based marketing. You know, you I understand that you're a kind of an advocate of this way of working. Um, yeah. And it's something I've wanted to discuss for a while, uh, but I don't feel that I have the kind of expertise to, to kind of talk, talk about it and probably talk around it. Um, mm-hmm. But for anyone who's kind of new to this, maybe we can kind of talk around how you would define account-based marketing or ABM, as we're going to kind of refer yeah. to it. Um, and maybe in a recruitment setting as well, and and you know what what that might mean for recruitment businesses.
1: Yeah, so I've, I've, I, the the term's been around for a long time, and if you look at um, sort of lots of B two B, so whether it's in technology or other professional services as well, the, the term's been around for a long time. Okay. Somebody sent me a uh, like a a, a a white paper about I don't know maybe about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, before that, I'd never really defined it as, as ABM. I never really called it ABM. Um, so some of, the, some of the best advocates of it are the organization uh, B2B Marketing, which is a great um, tool. They've got lots of great information on there. And I used to go to quite a few of their events, and they started talking about it in a big way, and they've mm-hmm. developed it. I thought, right, okay, this is a big thing now in, in, in B2B in general. I need to really understand it a little bit more. And then when you dig down into it, actually, it's not that much different to B two B marketing. It literally, it literally, all you know, there's all of this sciencey stuff around. You know, we're inverting the funnel and all of this stuff. But actually, it's it's just really, really good segmentation. Yeah, And, and it works really well in recruitment because most recruits, most salespeople know the type of accounts that they want to target. And they might be. Built, they'll know the type of accounts. They'll know the type of businesses, um, and they'll do that every single day in recruitment when they when they might spec a candidate out to 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 a client. And all all ABM really is doing is taking that and kind of accelerating that program a little bit more. So I
0: had I I did my kind of bit of research. Um, and HubSpot, who you know I probably have talked about a couple of times on there you know it basically they 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 define it as just kind of like a macro version of your inbound marketing you just basically just you're just directing it towards a specific client or segment of clients basically you know what i mean you're just you're just developing content that's so relevant that's hyper targeted and that's macro focused on them for them and not for anyone else outside of that kind of segmentation
1: yeah if you think about you know you know, I talk, I've talked a lot actually on LinkedIn over the past sort of like couple of weeks about like marketing mumbo jumbo, yeah. and I'm probably I'm probably one of the worst ones for it, right? So I've got a, a master's degree in marketing. I've got I'm CIM qualified. I work in I worked in FMCG, all of that stuff. Um, I don't talk in that kind of language around the mumbo jumbo stuff, trying to confuse people and say look look how bright we are because we're doing all of this stuff, and that's kind of what ABM is is for me. Really, it's just really simplifying what actually is going on. And it's, in a, it, like I said at the start, it's just really, really good segmentation. Yeah. You know, I, I arrived in one recruitment business um, and the marketing team were, were, were told that their their, their, their target was to, to gain 70 leads every month. That was their target. Not where those leads went to, how many converted, who they were, but literally, right, okay, you guys, right, just get us 70 leads. Now, but, <laughs> Talk about it in that way. And it, and one of the big things they talk about in, in ABM is is the fact that really, um, marketing it's the, it's the um, it's it's the difference between marketing and sales and that integration because you, you you do flip it on its side and start with a number of accounts or one account um, and say, well, actually, this is the type of per- these are the type of companies that we want to work with. Why would you try and get a thousand down to that? That's the one you want to work with anyway. Yeah, um, I mean, it just
0: makes good sense. It was almost like how it should be done, right? <laughs> it
1: yes. just, yeah, I, I wrote it down. Actually, There's a great book that basically just said that it just says that B two B marketing is ABM, and it can, and that's kind of you know when we're talking about like mumbo jumbo and stuff, yeah. all of this. It's really interesting, actually, that you know that people that I just start talking about it and sharing stuff on LinkedIn because I did want to kind of like demystify it a little bit for people. Because I think people see it and think, well, that's not really for us, and oh, I'm not sure about that. Well, actually, it's just really good segmentation.
0: I think the an acronym kind of puts people off as well. Whenever you kind of you, you really kind of stick out an acronym like an ABM or SEO or yeah. SEM or PPC, suddenly it, it, it kind of falls into that kind of into that mumbo jumbo kind of jargon, basically, and people then kind of and you you feel, I suppose, as marketeers, you feel that you've kind of got one up on everyone because you know what you, you know what all this kind of stuff is, and you can shout at these. These three, these three-letter kind of abbreviations, everyone basically,
1: and that's and that's kind of you know you know the, the whole the whole premise about you know what marketing should be for a recruitment business in, in, in this context or for any professional services business really is it's about it's a, it every business is about making money. So if you're saying right okay, let's just get these hundred leads. What's it matter if actually you'll only do business with seven companies? Start with the seven companies yeah and that, and that's and that's why i think it really fits really well with recruitment because if you i don't know say if you had 12 recruiters all sat in a room all running their desk they'd all know which 20 companies they wanted to work with because they, they know that if they got a good cv that those are the 20 people they work with all you're doing with abm is saying okay well that's great let's produce some content for those 20 companies let's produce let's produce content for five hiring managers in those 20 companies
0: um, yeah, I mean, that's fascinating, isn't it? I, 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 suppose I wanted to just kind of have a, have a chat around also the kind of advantages and disadvantages of, of kind of account-based marketing and, um, just kind of pulling up on your, on your point there, you know, if you've got all these, if you've got your 15 recruiters to do account-based, account-based marketing in that sense, you need a marketeer as well. Yes. So that's the kind of, I don't know, I would consider that as an advantage, some businesses yeah. might consider it as a disadvantage because you've got to have someone who's overseeing this, basically.
1: Yeah, you know, there's, there's lots of stuff actually in B2B around marketing operations people. You, you see that role now a, a lot more. And I think what that really is, you know, you mentioned HubSpot before, and actually in one of the businesses, on we, we, we launched HubSpot um, to integrate all of this. And it was actually kept it separate away from what you would traditionally call a, a CRM system within yeah. recruitment because we didn't want it to, to, to water what we were doing in HubSpot now. But what, you, what you're what you talking about is actually you need a, a marketing person to say, well, what, what does all of this look like, all of the planning aspect of it, getting all of the information and the content together to run with it and say, right, okay, well, this is – here's our program. Um, but, it, again, it's – the, the whole premise of it, one of the, so there, there's three levels of it really in terms of what, the, you know, the, you can see it when you, when you research it, like the the strategic element of it the, or the one-to-one element of it, the two different stages. And one-to-one marketing is kind of what recruiters do anyway. So a marketing person within recruitment would be supporting it anyway. So a good example of that is we did um sort of like things like salary surveys, which clients absolutely love in recruitment. Um, or benchmarking or available candidates, all of these things, if you sat down, again, let's take the 15 recruiters as an example, sat down with us 15 and say, right, we'll do an individual benchmark survey for each of you, uh, for each of your hiring managers that is just focused on that one one hiring manager, but you're sending them something different where you're not trying to sell to them, you're trying to engage with them. And and that's kind of the, the, the difference really, um, My viewpoint about working in recruitment is to say, well, actually, um, certainly where you're candidate-led is if you're saying, right, you're working from January to December and you have a good candidate and you have a client, you might only speak to them twice or three times a year, and then when you have a good candidate, so in total you might speak to them five times a year. By producing content in this context of ABM, you might do three or four salary surveys or available candidates. That increases those touch points to double figures.
0: Yeah. Um, again, it's just good good marketing, though, isn't it? Really, I mean, it's the kind of thing you would be doing from a brand level. Just again, just just kind of narrowing that down. And in fact, um, I suppose one of the other kind of again, is this it, a disadvantage or advantage? Is that um, it, it's it's it possibly seen for some businesses as doubling up on work because you've obviously gone. You're doing your brand your brand level kind of marketing and in in, in 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 inbound marketing and outbound marketing. But then when you kind of have to you've got a marketer who's got then got to be devoted to working with either like a small task force or even one consultant, it's taking them away from working on the larger kind of overall brand project
1: yeah. the, the way that we the way that I've done that in the past is to say well actually it's quicker to get ROI with that because if you're saying that I don't know a particular consultant might work in a particular niche and you say right, um, I've got twenty go back to the analogy I've got twenty clients that I'm going to work with. Okay, that's great. Okay, so let's, let's do something for those 20. And if you get um, inquiries or um, inbound leads from those 20 from this bit of content that would cost, That would, if you did a salary survey for, uh, for that niche, it might take you a day and a half to do it. Um, and it will cost you probably, if you, had to, if you had to outsource it to a designer, if you're a marketing person, to have the design skills, maybe 100 quid. If you bring in three or four leads with that from an afternoon's work, and a couple of hundred quid at the micro level then that's kind of it's it's building the brand from the bottom isn't it yeah and what, what i've i where i've always talked to my teams is that in recruitment and in abm as well is that a recruitment business is kind of like made up of a pyramid you've got lots of small clients medium-sized clients and a few large ones my viewpoint and maybe lots of people will disagree with it maybe some recruitment companies owners will disagree with it when they say, "Well, oh, we're a candidate-led business. We're a candidate-led business, and this is kind of like what we do." Most recruitment companies that are candidate-led will bite your hand off to be account to be uh, client-led. They'll yeah. bite your hand yeah. because essentially, and I've worked from the extreme right. You know, somewhere like furcroft where we had. I don't know, name a figure, probably like 700 vacancies come in each month or something, something along those lines from, from all of, across the world, all, of, all the global accounts we had, to somewhere like McGregor Black, which was a startup business where we were working on maybe five or six vacancies. And we, and at the end of the week, the call went out, how many jobs have we got on? So from that, from that premise is to say, well, actually, is that that spot business at the bottom is that you're trying to take them up that ladder that pyramid to engage with them so i would always say yes concentrate on the brand and the big bits but actually some of the smaller bits for your individual clients will also help you and enable you to to generate fees and also generate um leads from a a marketing qualified lead uh, yeah
0: um i think one of my kind of biggest advantages with with abm i can see is that it 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 um engages the sales teams and the marketing teams because that has become one of those things that's become so separate these days that yeah. you've got the sales guys over here who don't really want to have anything to do with the marketing team. Because for whatever reason, I, I, I hate the term the you know the colouring in department, but they're over there somewhere doing whatever they do, and we're, the sales team are over there literally just picking up the phone all the time, being quite loud. Uh, the, the beauty of this is it brings those two teams together. You've got there's no you can't do this without those two teams working. In tandem, and having a plan, having a strategy, and then delivering and and deploying that strategy.
1: Yeah, you know, if you, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're a marketing person and you're in a recruitment business, and you feel like it's not right for you, and you know, it's kind of like go and get another job because it's a tough, it's a tough, tough world working in in um, in marketing and recruitment. Um, Recruiters hate you. Recruiters hate everyone that's not themselves. Recruiters hate other. (laughs) they, They definitely hate other other marketing people. You really have to prove your worth to them. Uh, and again, I've worked in businesses where it's like, well, what's this guy up to? And uh, what are his team up to? You really have to prove your worth to it. Um, and, and I think that ABM does allow you to do that because the conversations start with, how can I help you engage with the clients that you want to work with, rather than saying, well, we've got an event, there's 200 people that have turned up, have you rung them? Well, I'm not interested in ringing them because they're not in my 20 hit list. So if you start, if you start with the recruiters that say, well, actually... Here you go, guys. Right, give us those twenty, and maybe you have the fifteen people that give you, and then you start with three hundred. And like I said before, is that ultimately it's just it's just good marketing. It's just good segmentation because those the good recruiters will know those businesses anyway. Um, so it starts conversations in a different way yeah. rather than oh no no we're doing we're doing this event we're doing this event da da, da, da. It's kind of like what can we do for you. Um, yeah salary survey or we've, we've tried this salary survey. We, can you engage with a client? And, and, the, and, you know, the good way, you know, if you, know, if you, if you take Hope HubSpot as an example, you know, when we integrated it at Rulion, the best things about that is that when a when a particular a lead or a client engaged with it, immediately the salesperson was, was made aware. They were immediately made aware of what pages that they stopped on and what they looked at and what they engaged with. So then we would look at that and then speak to the consultant and say, well, this person's interested in in salaries in in Hull and in Newcastle. Maybe you give them a call about these roles. And it was like, Oh map, wow, that's amazing. So you, you, you have to use technology to enable you to do it, I think. Yes. Um, you, have, you, you can get away without doing it, but it those conversations take it to the to to the next level. And it and it is um, having a conversation say well I'm, I'm here to help you we're, we're all in it together we're here to get more vacancies we're here to fill more jobs let's do that together rather than saying well I've booked this place for, for a breakfast meeting can you fill it with 20 people it's it, it changes it changes the dialogue
0: yeah um, that, that, again that kind of leads on to, to the kind of next thing I wanted to discuss is if you're a business and and hopefully some businesses listening to this are interested about kind of and how they might go about rolling this out, or at least experiment with this. What are the kind of key steps that you need to do to kind of put this in place into a business?
1: You know, I think you hit the nail on the head before. Actually, it's the, the main benefit is you start talking about what segmentation is. Um, again, people who, who work to me, um, I have a real beef with personas, like people talking about personas, um, mainly because um, I think they're great, but they've actually devalued the work of, oh yeah, we've got George and he reads this paper and he looks at this website and it's that's the person that we're going after. Well actually, good marketing in terms of good segmentation. Um, and again, I've talked a lot on LinkedIn over this past couple of weeks about the, the Chartered Institute of Marketing. The first things that they teach you is around segmentation, targeting and positioning. What you're selling, who you're selling it to, and how do you get in front of them. Um, that's kind of been devalued a little bit by personas, I think, where it's kind of like, you know, you've got a, you've got a photo of somebody and it's, it's, here's Jane and she likes doing this, 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 and this. Like <laughs> He's probably
0: a recruiter kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. You know, and, you, and you, see, you see it all the time. You know, I've, I've seen it all the time. And they're great, they, they do allow you to do all of that. But if I go back to some of my experience, so I um, worked for, um, for Argos, um, uh, so for GUS. So at the time, GUS owned Experian. So Experian, basically, if you look into their profiling and and, and their segmentation of, of their audience, which is where all of the ABC1, all of that stuff comes from the, what's called the mosaic profiling. If you look into that, have a look into the, what depth that is because that actually gives you the number. It says, oh, yeah, there is, in this type of household, there are 3,200 of these in the UK. That's the main issue with Persona is you don't know how many people you're targeting, you're just targeting a, a type.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna push back a little bit on personas um, because we, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan and I and I do agree that um, businesses that are over reliant on them is is a bad thing. But for me, it's about kind of focusing the mind for, at, the, at the start of a project. Even if you kind of wave, we kind of wander away from them. Uh, for businesses who haven't really done much marketing, it is a good kind of entry point to kind of focus them on. Well, these you know just to confirm. These are the kind of people that we're looking for, and I agree that you know, or this, they're a Daily Mail reader, or this kind of thing. But kind of, you know, and well, I I, and again, I suppose we're getting a bit off 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 topic, but we don't give them three or four personas. It's kind of like one or two at the most that you kind of because it just focuses the brain um, on that on that. But I I agree that uh, if you get over reliant on them, you can get and also. You don't generate them on this kind of like, the the, you know, you don't kind of go in and generate on your your persona generator online. You don't go generate, you know, kind of FMCG Freddy, basically, that kind of thing. You don't do that kind of thing, but you kind of have more of a, you know.
1: Yeah, I think, um, look, I think a lot of people use personas in the right way. A lot of people don't use personas in the right way because what ABM does is allow you, or what good segmentation does is allow you to talk about how many people are like that rather than just the, the the profile of the people who are like that. Yeah. I think you're right is that actually what a persona does, it, it does allow you to talk about your type of target customer. But the, the, the definition of this is, to, of ABM is to say, well, actually, there are 30 companies or 25 hiring managers that are like this, right? How many of those 25 have we targeted with content? And how many of those 25 have read it? And that's the, that's the definition of saying, well, actually, we've taken that persona and we've done something with it. yeah. Um, and and that's 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 kind of the difference is you're right is that lots of um businesses you know in recruitment it's relatively simple because you are, you either go through h r or a hiring manager directly um you might go through a sourcing team but those are the in most businesses those are the two type of people that you deal with but lots of companies don't actually know that those are the two type of people that you're dealing with um but what a b m allows you to do is to say well actually out of those types there are there are fifteen companies. And if you speak to the majority of good recruiters, they will know how many companies that they that they're going to target in their particular um, niche or sub segment.
0: Also, I think ABM starts at a slightly different point. In fact, you don't necessarily need a persona because you're targeting businesses initially, and then you're going to identify the contacts within those businesses who you need to talk to or you want to yeah. you want to engage with. Um, uh, and so you build up a rapport and you build up a, a you know a nurturing campaign or whatever that might well be. So yeah. it's much more personalized at that point. So almost the persona is invalid in when you when you go down an ABM route because you start with the the, the, the type of company, you're right. Like, oh, we want to be in a I don't know, let's say IBM or wherever it is. Where we want to be in with this this company, and then you work you work backwards almost from a slightly it's from a kind of that point.
1: Yeah, you know the the biggest um, you know the biggest um, tool that you can use to get this right, or uh, in addition to HubSpot, is is LinkedIn advertising. You know because that allows you to define by role, profile, location, and company your proposition. You just got to sell something different than um, than if you just got a, a CV or a candidate or you know which is you know outbound lead. So that is that is kind of some of the. The, the whole, say, if you've got a group of 20 companies that you want to target, all of your advertising revenue should just be on those 20. Um, and that's the, that's the big thing. I think it allows um, companies to target and be specific about this is LinkedIn allows you to do that. Similarly, like with Facebook, where it allows you to target, you know, particular type of interests et cetera, et cetera, is that, and then you can then again, talk about, you know, the, the marketing mumbo jumbo, which you talked about earlier around awareness and all of these different type of things, if you're talking about well, actually we've got here's the 20 clients and our awareness of those of an of our advert for our content or our group of campaigns, whatever it is, is whatever 20,000 impressions just with those 20 companies. So when you speak to um, lots of consultants, consultants will say, "I need to get my name out there. I need to be seen to be out there and all doing all that stuff." Well, actually, what LinkedIn advertising allows you to do behind good content you produce, you're just getting your name out there all of the time. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of, you know, you know the good thing about, you know, LinkedIn strength is its weakness. It's weakness is at the moment is that it's over-reliant or recruiters are over-reliant on it and the algorithm is shutting down. So if the algorithm shuts down, you know, these, you know, you know better than me, but all of these social media platforms aren't there. To allow you to post your hot job, or to tell everyone, "Here's us drinking champagne, celebrating the latest win," or on Facebook, you know, "Here's your Auntie Meg walking her dogs." They're there to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, that using that the the LinkedIn platform to do that is, is a real big benefit, and one of the reasons why I think it should be used more. The ABM approach should be used more by recruitment companies because actually, HR managers who are one of the personas and the targets are quite often on it. If you yeah. were saying actually our target is a, I don't know, like an offshore engineer or something or or an um, a um, on-site IT manager, those people aren't going to be on LinkedIn or maybe just on it two or three times a month, not every day like a HR manager might be.
0: Um, also taking into account recent events, you can move your your advertising budget over from from Facebook to to LinkedIn at the minute,
1: <laughs> it's really isn't it? You know because you know ultimately. There was there's an interesting article after all of that is that all of the big businesses where Facebook makes a lot of its money is is the micro businesses that might be like a local florist that aren't that advertise or um, you know I've got one of my friends actually he owns a landscape business all of his business comes from Facebook advertising all of it mm. um, and and that's it's this really interesting concept isn't it that you can you can say well actually that Facebook as a platform with everything that's gone on can, still doesn't care. It's yeah. because they know that people will still come back to them. They know that yeah,
0: people it's such a just a, a a gross behemoth of a business now that um yeah, they can just kind of like we, we don't need we don't need Coca-Cola money anymore.
1: <laughs> we'll just get we'll get it from uh, Marjorie down the road who's got exactly. flourishing Coca-Cola, you can keep your money. If you'd have said that a year ago you'd be like, What? But now it's 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 so prevalent and it, and it's kinda of like the same with LinkedIn, you know, LinkedIn want you to spend money on it and that really helps from a at the moment, anyway, before it gets um, overrun, yeah. you know, it really helps you, you enable you to get your message out. And if, if you'd have said, I don't know, five years ago that it would cost you a thousand pound to get your message in front of fifteen hundred people in twenty companies who are your target audience, would be like, what? You, you would have bitten your hand off. Um, and and that and you know, there, now it's kind of allows you to to compete with the bigger boys um, to capture the attention of your potential clients.
0: Well, we'll have to have a catch up call about LinkedIn advertising because I've got a few kind of feelings on that thing as well. And we'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to have a part, part two. Um, but but Paul, it's been great speaking to you. Uh, it has been incredibly insightful. I hope everyone listening has, uh, has is able to take something from this. And that, uh, yeah, I agree with you that the ABM is something we should all be doing a bit more of and really kind of looking and taking more seriously.
1: Good, Noah. Thanks for having me on. I think, um, like I say, it's just really simple. Get away from the jargon. Try it out. If you're if you own a recruitment company, just try it. Um, You know, speak to somebody like James who can help you out. And I think it's like I said, it's definitely the future for B2B. um, Definitely the future for recruitment and marketing, I think. You've been listening to The Marketing Rules Podcast from Thinkin' Circles. Available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple and Spotify. Just search The Marketing Rules Podcast or visit www.themarketingrules.com. To work with James or Thinkin' Circles, visit www.thinkincircles.com.
0: The Marketing Rules Podcast is a Thinking Circles production.